Amen. Thank you. Great day today. Uh, great weather. I got on my bike and rode up and just kind of got lost in thought and I just drove right by the church. I was heading. <laughs> but I better turn around. I know many of you, uh, after last week of uh, observing the, uh, the ability of youth, uh, somebody falling to their knees 24 times and getting back up again, I decided that, uh, you know, when Mike did that, I thought, I can, I can do that. I can drop to my knees. And so I was thinking about it. And, uh, and this week I got out and I was helping my youngest son move and I was carrying stuff out of the pickup. And, uh, you, know, you know, I don't know if a lot of you guys, there's, somebody told me there's an internal age in everybody that when you just don't think about it, you're really a certain age. And mine, I'm 31. <laughs> and I just feel like it in my mind. I, uh, I feel like it. And so I'm on the back of the pickup and I step up on the ledge of the pickup and I'm carrying something out. And of course, as 31, I would just leap down. And I leaped down, and I landed, and it, I, I think I fell for probably three minutes. <laughs> and I hit, and I knew I was going back, but my, knee, my leg would not shoot back like this. It just, like an old man, landed on my butt, went back, and I was so embarrassed, and I said, I am not dropping to my knees on Sunday. So even though I feel 21, I am not 21 or 31 years old. So I won't be falling down here unless somebody wants to come and help me back up in the deal. Uh, I, am in, I am enjoying this series uh, just because if, if you will allow it to, this series can be so practical in your everyday living. Uh, every time I look at you know, what we're going to be talking on, it doesn't matter who's going to be up front. I am... I'm eager to go ahead and say, God, I, I want this implicated into my life, implemented so that I might be able to have a difference and make a change. I don't think there's anything that we'll be touching on for this series that will not impact you, at least if not today, within this week. And I just encourage you, uh, pick up those uh, pamphlets in the back. They are filled with scripture, filled with the book of Proverbs. And, and you can live it out and fulfill it out. I think when you come to the end and you look at Proverbs, even though there's gobs and gobs of practical information and practical uh, living things, uh, I, I think you will come away with some of the, the most important issues of life are going to be simplified down. And uh, if many of you that have been here when uh, Steve was preaching his last messages, you'll notice uh, I think one of the greatest messages that impacted our lives was when he basically got down to the end of his days and he basically said, these are the few things that matter. And all the other stuff, you know, they're a part of life, but they're not what really matters. And, and when you look at that and you look at Solomon and you look at uh, Joshua and you look at people in the Bible that come down to the end of their days and they say something, we would be wise to pay attention to it. Well, wise to pay attention to it. And so as we look today, uh, we are gonna look at what are the blessings, uh, the blessings of seeking the Lord. Proverbs 1 talks about uh, those of us that will seek the Lord. And remember, we learned that seeking wasn't just that you're gonna go 
try to find out what God says, it also carries with it that not only you're going to try to find out what he says, but it's for the purpose that you will change your behavior and change your actions. It isn't called seeking the Lord if you just go and ask to see what God wants and then say, I'll decide what I want. That's not seeking the Lord. Now, the fact that God said to seek him with all of your heart, more than anything on this planet, more than any riches or anything else that you want, and he commands it, that should be enough. But God says in Psalm 103, he says, I'm mindful that you guys are but dust. I'm mindful that you are human beings and you don't understand deity and who I am, for my ways are above your ways and my thoughts are above your ways. So what he does in Proverbs, just to give us a little bit of incentive, he gives us gobs of reasons why you should seek the Lord. And they're good reasons, and we're going to talk about some of those today. And if there's things that you have had lacking in your life, and you think, wow, this is something I've been looking for, the solution, the answer is seeking the Lord. And we'll talk about what that means. You, you've found that last week Mike talked about the beginning was the fear of the Lord. And remember, the fear of the Lord, as, as he got down, I guess I could help myself down like this, and, uh, but he got down like this, and he's, he's basically said, it's a posture that you have that you are God, I am not. Uh, and therefore, what you say, I will honor you, you are my master, you are my Lord, and it's the beginning posture that we have in seeking the Lord. That will not change throughout anything that we talk about up here. That's the beginning, is somehow... You're God, and I'm not. Uh, there were just some great phrases in, in movie lines, and I, I use a lot of movie lines. I've tried to kind of cut down because I found I'd used a couple in here, and none of you had any idea what I was talking about. <laughs> so I only have a select group that I use movie lines. But uh, I, I remember uh, a movie line, Ruby. If you remember the movie, was it Ruby, where the, the priest kind of, is that what it's called? Rudy. Rudy. See, that's why I don't use movie lines either. <laughs> Those around me know what I mean to say. And the old priest basically comes to the conclusion that he says, after all the different people I've been and all the years I've been in ministry, he said, I just have found one thing. Uh, there is a God and I'm not him. And, and I think that that's the thing I want us to realize is in the posture of, of fearing the Lord is that God is God and you're not. He doesn't owe us all of these explanations. Out of his kindness, it says, and his compassion, he will tell you some things. I have a nephew. He's going to be coming here in a couple of weeks. He, now you might have to help me with all this too. Uh, he works at Lockkey. That, gosh, I got it right. Lockkey, those of you that don't know what it is, he's basically a rocket scientist, and he is one responsible for helping make that little vehicle that drove on Mars and up very brilliant and working at lock key when he comes and he does something shows up and punches in the clock he has benefits there that I have never heard of businesses with these type of benefits they have in Colorado they have an entire uh, property of a shooting range he can go shoot rifles and pistols anytime he want he can hunt elk or anything when he wants to and the list goes on and on and on and on of the benefits that he gets if he stays working at Lockheed. And every time I see him, they tell us more of what he can do. I know a couple of people that work at Google and they get the same type of benefits. 
And so you, you get to weigh some of the things, and today we're going to look at some things God's going to say, if you will seek me, these things I will do for you. Not I might, I won't consider, but I will do for you. And I think they're interesting. And by the way, we're talking about 10 things today. I think we could sit up here for a year and keep telling you the benefits. We're just going to pick out 10. You will find gobs of them by reading the scriptures yourself. And you'll go ahead, and I think it'll be exciting for you. Uh, first of all, in Proverbs, where we ended off here, and it says in Proverbs 2.5, if you will seek the Lord, then you will discern the fear of the Lord. What Mike talked about last week of how to have that awe, how to have that re response, how to have that type of desire for God. And sometimes when you see it in somebody and you look at them, you think, this stuff's real to them. I'm, I'm envious of that relationship. Uh, most of the people that I get to talk about when they go through terribly hard and painful times of their life, they are probably the sweetest at that moment of any time I ever know the people. They're broken, they're contrite, they can barely feed themselves, they're so, but they have found a sweetness with God that is envious to look at. I, when I went through something in 1977, the, uh, probably the most painful thing that I ever experienced in my life. I, I remember looking back and I said, I never want to go through that type of pain again in my life. But I miss that window of my sweetness with God. I miss it. And the fear of the Lord, it says, the beginning of that in Proverbs 8 says, is the hatred of evil, pride, and arrogance. Let me repeat that. The hatred of evil, of pride and arrogance is the beginning of this fear of the Lord. It's where it starts. And if you'll notice, pride and arrogance basically comes to the place where we think that we know more than God. I have a friend in the back here, and uh, his brother is pretty excited about uh, the... Reformation times and about Calvinism and stuff and and uh, I ran into him when I was with Bob and, and and he says have you ever seen a six-point Calvinist? Now those of you that know there's only a five-point Calvinist and uh, And I said no no and he says well you've seen one now And Bob says what is a six-point Calvinist and I said well a five-point Calvinist knows as much as God the six-point knows more than God and so, and it, he did quiet down after that. And I, but, but I think sometimes we think we know more than God and we can explain to God why we don't need to seek him. And I think if we'll come to the understanding that the beginning of this is the fear of the Lord and it's the hatred of evil and pride and arrogance. The second thing is it says, you will also discover the knowledge of God and understand the things of God. It says, the unrighteous man is confused by all things, but the righteous man understands all things. Now, that doesn't mean you're a know-it-all. Sometimes all it means for me is that I don't know, but he does, and that's good enough for me. It's kind of like when you're lost and, you're, and somebody that lives in this area comes and says, I know where I'm going, and basically, I'm okay. I don't even, I don't even think about another thing because they know where they're going. They know the way around. And sometimes the wisdom of the Lord, seeking the Lord, gives you understanding and knowledge, and it's just knowing that God's in charge and you're not. But it also helps you know the will of God. 
And we'll be covering that. I think Nick's covering that sometime here. But it'll be talking about just knowing what's, what's God want. What's he going to say to us? If you'll go on down here, in, uh, in, and it says, you'll deliver you from the way of evil. And that's an interesting thing. It basically means that sometimes you can accidentally or you can foolishly or arrogantly walk in a way that, that leads to destruction in your own life and those around you. Seeking the Lord will deliver you from that way. It will deliver you from that way. And he goes on to explain, it says, he'll deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks the, the wrong things, from those that leave the path of uprightness and righteousness, and to walk in the way of darkness, or that word means blindness, it causes injury, uh, and rejoice in adversity. And they seem to rejoice at evil. They walk in the path of the crooked. They're devious in their ways. If you seek wisdom, it will keep you from this. The next thing is to del deliver you from the strange woman. Now, you're going to find out a lot in Proverbs. You're going to hear a lot about a strange woman. The strange woman is, is an adulteress. Uh, but the, the thing is, it could be an adulteress in some people's life. But most of all, and Drew will talk on this, it's going to be whatever it is that you have made your adulteress, whatever you have made your counterfeit God, that will become your adulteress. If it's the chasing of money and chasing of fame and chasing of whatever, it will be replaced as the strange woman. It says those that seek the Lord will be delivered from the strange woman, from this counterfeit God or this adulteress that flatters with its words, leaves the companion of its youth, forgets the covenant of her God. And he goes on and explains all the thing. We're going to be spending an entire couple sessions on that because Proverbs 5 and 7 and part of 6 talks all about that. And uh, Drew will do a good job on that. But it, it keeps you. So if you're having something that you just, you can't seem to stop, it's something that it just it haunts you, and it's become your counterfeit God, and if it was away from you, you would just seem like you would kind of just melt away. Seeking the Lord will deliver you from that. It'll deliver you from that. It also says it'll cause you to walk in the way of good men and to walk in the way of the righteous. Verse 20 says, So you will walk then in the way of good men and you'll keep the path of righteousness. You'll become upright and live in the Lamb, blameless, and you'll be able to remain in it. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of just what we talked about with Lot Key. When they tell him, you get all of these benefits, I'm very excited. We're talking about the very things of life that make life worth living so far. It seems to me that, <clears throat> can you hear him tell the importance? People seeking me will let you become all you were created to become. S not seeking me, you will follow your own ways, and it will bring destruction. It, it seems pretty self-explanatory here's one that I think is huge and I think it's huge today uh, because uh, because of what's happened in our culture and we're we're a busy people and we run hectic we run scared 38 years ago 37 years ago when I started counseling I would say of maybe if I saw a hundred people maybe three, four at the maximum would know what panic attacks were. 
Today, over 50% of the people we see know what panic attacks, and they're already down to children having panic attacks. We live in a busy, hectic world that has robbed us of our peace. The scripture says that if you'll seek the Lord, my peace will be poured upon you. It actually says the peace will wrap itself around you, and it has two components to peace. The word peace, literally the word Irene in the Greek language, means that the absence of internal stress. And what I feel that has happened today in a world that paints the negative picture of life, and, and by the way, Christians that I talk to are probably sometimes even more fearful than the non-Christians because we look at the world and think, my gosh, what's happening to it? And we forget on our knees there is a God and he's in charge of the whole show. So with this peace that surrounds you, with this peace that will fall upon you, and we will have a uh, time where we'll talk just about the freedom of anxiety and how to, how to free from anxiety that Proverbs talks about. But he says, if you'll seek the Lord, you'll be covered with peace, surrounded by the comfort of God. And here's the other part. It will drive fear from you. Drive fear from you. The freedom from fear. Matter of fact, if you'll look at Proverbs and start cross-referencing, you're going to see gobs and gobs of verses about fear. Proverbs 28 says that the, the, the ungodly, the ungodly man says that uh, they're afraid and it says they, they flee when no one's really pursuing them. But the righteous man is bold as a lion. And what it really is saying here is that when, when I understand what it means to seek God and to keep my eyes seeking on him, the word means continually, continually seeking God, that God will become my confidence. And when God becomes my confidence, fear will be start to be driven away. It'll start to leave. The unrighteous man, it says, he, he says there's always a reason he's, he's scared when no one's really pursuing him. They, they, they fear over things that will never happen to them. But the righteous is bold as a lion. I saw an example of that. Many of you, who went down to the baptism last week? A lot of you went down there. Probably the second service way more because that's when we had the baptism. But uh, I was down at the, at the creek and uh, we were looking at the baptism and I hear a boy fall in the water. It's my grandson. And a verse came to my mind when I saw what happened after he fell in the water. He was with the pals, and he was with the guys, and so I'm sure there was an awful lot of embarrassment. He was wet, but what he did is he came up, and his eyes fixed themselves on Sherry, his mom. He headed to her and literally got under her wing. Do you remember that? No matter what... I, I was going to run down as Papa, but there was going to be no Papa. Not even Dad was going to help out here. He got under the shelter of his mom's wing. They that get under the shelter of the Almighty will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And it goes on and talks about the things of, that they will not be afraid of. And I, and I love this scripture, and it basically says that... He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty, and I will say to the Lord, my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I will trust and lean against. 
for it's he who will deliver you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. And that basically word there just means things that are about to come upon you. He will cover you with his pinions, and that's what I saw with Sherry. Is she just tucked him in, and he, his head didn't even want to come out. He was just going to stay safe right there. And it said, and, it said uh, and under his wings he sought refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and bore. You will not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day. That means that at nighttime, when you, you're just kind of tired, you're not thinking right, there's all kinds of things that can frighten you. When you're in the dark, it seems to be more frightening than when you're in the light. And, and he said, if you're under the shelter of my wings, if you're seeking me, this will flee from you. It will not come upon you. Brogan, even though part of his running to mom was just he, he was embarrassed and whatever, but he got there, and for that moment, he was completely safe. He didn't want to come out from underneath the wing, and she just kind of held him there. And God is saying, this is what I want from you. Those that seek me can come underneath the shelter of my wing. I'll cover you with my pinions, and you will not be afraid of the things by night or of the arrow that flies by day. And those are those thoughts that get shot to you by the enemy, and Satan will shoot thoughts that's appropriate to you. I can promise you today he will probably not shoot a thought at me to go take heroin. It just doesn't tempt me. It doesn't bother me. He'll know my own strategies and my own flesh patterns, and he knows you, and he'll shoot arrows at you. If I am seeking the Lord, it says I will be free from that fear, and he'll deliver me from that. He will take me out from underneath that. Or the pestilence that it walks in darkness, or even the destruction that lays waste at noon, it will not come upon me. 10,000 will fall on my left side, and thousands on my right, but it won't come upon me, for I have sought the Lord and made him my refuge. Freedom from fear is just amazing. I think it's just incredible uh, of where we are in a fearful generation of people. We're fearful anymore, and, and it can, last night I was in bed, and I knew that uh, Nick had taken his motorcycle, Nick's riding a motorcycle now, that's awesome, and uh, some of you aren't thinking that's so awesome. <clears throat> well, last night, when I knew he was on his way probably back from Sturgis, I was laying in bed, and I was kind of reading and stuff, and I heard sirens. And it's like fear just started to overtake me. Oh, no, he's on that bike. And that's the way the enemy works. That's the way Satan comes. He shoots us arrows and pestilent th thoughts in my mind. And right then, I happened to be studying about this, and I said, no, why did it say you will not be afraid because I'm underneath the shelter of God's? Because God is my confidence. Not only is he my confidence, it says, I will become your confidence and I will deliver you from fear. And the word there says, I will not be afraid of the sudden news that comes at night. Because God is my confidence. And I said, God, I got to talk about this morning. Am I going to believe what I'm saying here and so I basically said God you're my confidence and I said in the name of the living Christ the Lord Jesus Christ and the blood of the lamb fear get away from me for peace has wrapped itself around me and I had incredible peace in that event we have people that that are afraid to let their kids do anything at all free anymore because of all of the dangers out here 
It's really interesting. You hear uh, all of the news of all of the viruses and all of the different things that are out there that can take your life. And, and it's interesting when I'm around some of the physicians and PAs, like I remember this, Tara, with you the first time. She had her kid out there, and he's just down in the ground eating kind of gravel and stuff like this. And she's just thinking, yeah, it'll build up his immune system. You know, we don't need to be afraid. And if you seek the Lord, it says peace will surround you and become your peace and drive fear away from you. Uh, as you know, my wife has gotten into horses. Therefore, I have gotten into horses. Uh, and, and I've told you before, I'm, I'm actually starting to like them. And... Uh, I still told her if she passes away, somebody will get a horse, but I don't. <laughs> but who knows? Maybe, maybe I'll end up liking it. But she, she said there was something that hit her the other day, about four days ago. And she was walking, and these big, massive animals that are just unbelievably powerful, and she just lets the rain go, and she just walks, and the horse will do whatever she says just by command, by words. And she'll walk like this, and she'll say, oh, back, and the horse will go back, and, and, and do whatever she says, and, and if she says, let's trot, the horse will trot, and she did all of these things, and it dawned on her. She said, I can't believe how good that makes me feel. Well, Marcia, you probably know what that's like. When a horse obeys you, you're just this measly little girl, and this 1,200-pound beast does anything you say. She said, I got so much pleasure from that, and God said, just think how I feel when you seek me and obey the things I tell you. He says, I just absolutely get giddy. He said, when you walk along, I say, stop, back up, and you do it, God says, it just, I get giddy. And that dawned on me that that's part of seeking the Lord, is we get to bring pleasure to God by seeking the Lord. They that call upon their God, if they're seeking the Lord, they that call upon their God, he will answer them and pour out compassion and mercy on them. You know what mercy is? We just don't get what we deserve. God says, I looked down upon the human race, there wasn't one that stands innocent, not one. I'm always reminded of the scene, and I, and I know we have used this scene many times, and I'm taking some liberty here in my exegesis of Scripture, but remember when the lady was caught in adultery and came, they brought her to Jesus and uh, basically wanting to trap him. And they said something, and he bends down and he writes in the sand. Now, they didn't tell us what he wrote in the sand. We're left to something. I'm concluding this by, by letting Scripture interpret Scripture. I believe that he wrote in the sand, and every single person that looked down in the sand saw one of their sins being written out or something hidden about that person. So he might write something down, Daryl, and you'd look down and think, oh, my goodness, and you drop your stone. And he continually goes and he writes down until everybody there looks at him and drops their stone because everybody there began to realize nobody is without sin. And God's mercy says, I won't even make you pay for that 
at what it deserves. Those that seek the Lord can call upon me, and I will answer them, and I will pour out on them mercy. You don't get what you deserve. I don't get what I deserve. Why would we not want to seek the Lord? Why would we not want to seek the Lord? Here's one that I, I, I will probably pick on later. Proverbs 19.23 and Proverbs 3.24 says, If you will seek the Lord... Your sleep will be satisfying, untouched by evil or disturbances. Not afraid, and sleep will become sweet to your soul. You don't have to raise your hands, but how many of you just wish that you could sleep better? That you could be asleep and it would actually be peaceful when you went to sleep. God says, if you seek the Lord, I will make your sleep peaceful, sweet. But I want you to know something that in, in light of Psalm 16, here's what that means. To each individual, Dave, to you and to me or to Bob, it might mean totally different things because God says, I will pour out for you your cup. That which you need will be perfectly suited for you and I will pour it out for you, and you can become content in what I pour out for you. So that might mean that I need eight, nine hours of sleep. Bob might need 15. <laughs> it's, it's perfect for you. It will suit you perfectly if I will accept that he is my God. I bow before him, and the beginning of the Lord is to say, he's God, I'm not. He's in charge of my sleep. And, and now there are some wise things you do when you go to bed and wise things you shouldn't do when you go to bed. But it, it says, I will be poured out to me the sleep that is needed for my body and I can rejoice in that and be okay with that. I, I don't know if I should take the liberty of this, doing this or not, but I have a good friend and uh, sometimes he has a hard time sleeping. And... Uh, Sometimes he'll ask me to come over and, uh, and, and pray with him and, and we'll visit and talk. And he gives me kind of a place of refuge where with having all the kids in the house, I usually sometimes don't mind going uh, over there for a while. So uh, he begins to tell me about uh, his struggles with sleep last night and how, how it's just, gosh, it's just really hard when you're not sleeping. And he's going on and he's telling me about sleeping. And as a good friend waiting for my answer, I fell asleep. <laughs> and he looked at me, and I wake my eyes up, and he goes, 14 minutes, how could you do that to me? I said, you're no good at counseling at all. <laughs> I didn't intend to, I didn't try to, and he's here today, so it's terrible. <laughs> but, uh, but the thing is, I think if you can go ahead and seek the Lord, God will make your sweet, appropriate for you. So here's a conclusion. Well, great. What does that mean, seek the Lord? How do you seek the Lord? Uh, I believe that seeking the Lord, it says, if you desire it more than any riches, more than anything that you think will make you happy, what does that mean? What does that look like? Uh, let me give you some examples of what it looks like. Uh, I see my oldest son, Jesse, sitting outside there with his wife, Janie, and uh, 
we were kind of looking at his career when he was, had left kind of college and what am I going to do with my life? And we were kind of looking at some kind of possibilities that looked good. But he had something that had happened to him. Some girl, some pretty girl had caught his heart. And we had set up kind of a position for him in Sioux Falls and stuff like this. And he basically said, I'm not going, I'm heading to Hawaii. And he took off and went to Hawaii because his heart had moved to Hawaii to go to college. He was going to leave everything he had to follow her to find out, is this the one? If it is, I will do whatever I can to have her. Is that how you guys seek the Lord? You get up in the morning and say, God, nothing will I pursue other than you before this day starts. It will look different on all of you. And if I were you, I would ask people that you see, say, hey, when you seek the Lord, what do you do? Pick the brain of people and say, what is it that you do? Seeking the Lord is it's continually looking towards him, getting in his word, letting him speak to you, talking to people about the things you hear from the word, and say, I will seek him entirely. I wasn't sure how to close this message today, and God, I kept asking God just to show me, and God gave me a great, great closure. Nick came in and sat behind me, and he just quoted a verse to me, and it was absolutely perfect. It's the end of Joshua's days in Joshua chapter 24. And here he was ready to die. And he says, now therefore, isn't it interesting? Man's going to die, what's he going to tell you in his last breath? Fear the Lord. Have an awe and some respect for him. And serve him with sincerity. If you're going to say you're serving him, let it be real. Don't let it be religious and pretense. And he says this, and if it's disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourself today whom you're going to serve, whether it's God or your own way. He's saying, if you decide and you don't want to choose God, that's okay. Don't choose God. But be sincere and don't pretend like you're choosing God. Or choose God. And if you choose God, then fear him and serve him. And he gets through with all that, and he says this before he dies. But as for me and my house, we're serving God. Would you pray with me? Father, I am so, so glad that you understood that we're humans, we're but dust, we don't think clearly, we don't see clearly. And you didn't leave us alone without your holy word, without your presence and the power of your word. And you gave us the power to do and accomplish the things that you asked us to do. And you said, those that seek me, in Jeremiah, you said, those that seek me will be found by me. I pray that all of these people here today, and including myself, that we would seek you in our own way. We just ask you today with open hearts, teach me to seek you. And when you said that you will make yourself known to us, that we would then serve you. And we would be able to, be able to say, as for me and my household, we serve the living God. And we ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen.